Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Welcome back, everybody, to another hot, steamy episode of For the Love of Money. Yep, that's right. A little bit different intro this time, but well-deserved because today I am sitting down with the internationally recognized, award-winning sexologist and incredible entrepreneur, Miss Jaya. But before I do that, I've got to remind you, tickets to Lori's world-famous Bliss Project are almost sold out. They're going up in price next week, and the weekend's coming up quickly. And so if you feel like something's been missing in your life, or if you feel like you haven't quite found your purpose, or there's just always this thing holding you back from being as happy as you truly can, that is what you find at the Bliss Project. Those are the breakthroughs that women have at Lori's weekend event. And so if you are missing any of that in your life, you've got to go to theblissproject.info, again, theblissproject.info, to see if this maybe is the solution to help you find those things that have been missing in your life. Now, I cannot wait to sit down and talk to Jaya. She is a brilliant woman, and you're not going to believe some of the subjects that we dove into. You see, while Jaya specializes in adult sexual education in order to provide people with better sex lives, she's also an incredible entrepreneur that's been massively successful by following her calling. But can you imagine what it was like following a calling that so many people consider taboo? And then we also explain how your sexual health directly affects your financial and your business health and how you can use sexual energy to actually create more income. As a matter of fact, Jaya actually tripled her income in 90 days, tripled it by doing a 90-day sex and money challenge. And she talks all about what that was like. It's wild. And she even has a quiz that you can take, and the link to it is in the show notes. So you can tell which sexual blueprint type you are. And then ready for this, she reveals to us in the interview which sexual blueprint types tend to be the most successful in business and in wealth. And quite honestly, I think this is way more of an important topic than we tend to give it credit for. Because if you think about it, the same fear of judgment that limits our financial abundance is the same fear of judgment that can hold you back in your sexual abundance as well. And one definitely affects the other. And she said that this is something that entrepreneurs suffer from the most. So get ready because this is definitely the hottest and most eye-opening episode yet. All right, Jaya, I cannot tell you how excited I am to have this discussion with you today. I'm so thrilled. It's always a, such a pleasure. One of the things that brings me the greatest pleasure is sharing my mission and talking about a topic that's a bit taboo in the world. Yeah. Well, let's let's work together to make it not taboo. How's that? Yes. Perfect. Yes. So that's actually a great lead in. How do you explain what it is that you do? My listeners are dying to, to find out. So I... I often say I don't just teach sexuality. I teach people how to be more alive and live a life of ecstatic, live a life that goes beyond upper limiting. 
And to me, that means getting in touch with our sexuality. So I am a somatic sexologist, which basically means that I do things through the body. It's through the body, which affects the mind, but I'm looking at a holistic model of sexuality, not just one aspect. And a lot of it is what our bodies tell us about how we're functioning in the world, which ties into sexuality. I've been at it for two decades now, which is crazy. Oh my gosh, congratulations. So how did you get started 20 years ago? Well, I say it started with, I'll show you mine, you show, you show me <laughs> I think we all started with that game. <laughs> I always, my, you know how some people are just gifted in what they do. I know entrepreneurs, it's like, there's a, something I'm gifted in. Or when you have a special talent, if you're more like an artist, it, it's like that. And I think that there are some of us that come into this world with a mission, some, something that we're supposed to do. And from a very early age, I was the kid who was just fascinated with human sexuality, how it all worked. I told my parents I wanted to be Dr. Ruth when I grew up. <laughs> And I wanted to go into fertility medicine and help people in sexuality and fertility. And so it just became this obsession of mine and continues to be to this very day. So a lot of people when they're growing up, if they say, hey, mom and dad, I've got this obsession and it's sexuality. And, and obviously it wasn't that blunt. But um, were you, was there any fear of judgment or, or did anyone try and hold you back or change your, your direction at all? So maybe like some of your listeners, I grew up in a very religious household. And so there was definitely that piece of there's something taboo or there's something not quite okay about the thing that I want to talk about, which I somehow got very young. So I did put it under the guise of I'm going into fertility medicine. That's really what I want to do. But my mom was very open. So my, my mom was kind of my safe haven and she would just always say, oh, she's just my free spirit. But I did have that judgment from some of my family and still to this day can grapple with reconciling their belief systems with mine. It's funny because you mentioned the strict religious upbringing. My wife came from a very strict religious upbringing and it was the same thing, like super taboo. They would rename body parts. They would oh. you know, make sure it wasn't talked about whatsoever. And I grew up in a very conservative family, so not necessarily wildly religious, but um very conservative and same thing just for a different set of reasons you know they'd rename body parts and they would they would make it kind of taboo and you don't talk about it how mm -hmm. should families be welcoming this subject of, of sexuality when their kids start talking about it and discovering it at such a young age it's a great question i think we are teaching our children about sexuality from day one and it comes from just like you said body parts it's like oh if we make one it's just like your ear or your nose the, the body parts that have to do with sexuality it's no different than the rest of the body and so if you make it no different like this is just part of who we are and you watch shaming language like one of my very first shaming experiences was you're bad was what i was told you're a bad girl and so when you equate you are bad to something, they fundamentally begin to believe that they're a bad human being and for something that is a natural desire in our bodies as we grow up. So having the conversation more of these are the activities that we do in private. These are the things that we that are private for us as a, uh, teaching them about culture as opposed to making them wrong bad or teaching them what is appropriate as opposed to it being about them. That's funny. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. My wife has literally used that term when she was growing up. She was told she was a bad girl for doing this or a bad girl for doing that. And from a very, very early age, then that's what you think. Absolutely. And, and it ties in, I know your audience is money a lot. So I, it ties into money too. And how we're taught about money. I think money and sexuality actually go hand in hand. And I, I did a project because I had shame. My shame was I am bad for being successful or having financial wealth. And I'm bad if I don't. So I kind of had a double whammy and that could show up sexually. Like I'm bad for my desires or I'm bad if I'm not having enough sex, or I'm bad if I'm not having this kind of orgasm, or I'm broken. And this is how we talk to ourselves. I think in both realms, we can talk to ourselves in both sex and money, because they're, they're those taboo topics to talk about. And so I really wanted to do a project where I took everything I knew about shame around sexuality, and how that plays out in our body, how that plays out with our belief systems and our thoughts, and apply it to everything that I had shame around in money. So I did this for 90 days. I don't know how many of your listeners have read the book, Think and Grow Rich, but this is a book that actually talks about something called sex transmutation, chapter 11. And a lot of people kind of gloss over this chapter. Like they don't get it or either they don't remember it. I don't know why it gets blanked out. But chapter 11 speaks about how you can utilize sexual energy for success, for awakening latent genius in the brain, for changing and shifting belief systems. And so this is something I wanted to test. Would using sex transmutation and healing my injuries around sexual and money shame, applying those two together, would that increase my income? And I found over a 90-day period, I tripled my income and it was a platform for, I would say, where I'm at now, which is a whole other level of success and wealth building. Tripled your income. How long ago did you do this? This was in 2014. Okay, everybody is going to want to know what was the 90-day sex and money challenge? Like, what did it look like? Mm -hmm. So one thing, it was in my schedule every morning to have an orgasm. And what I would do is I would transmute the orgasm through my body. So there's a lot of different transmutation techniques that you can do. I mostly use breath. And I, I studied tantric arts when I was younger. So because I had all this study of utilizing sexual energy, drawing it through your whole body, which is essentially what transmutation means, I, I know different techniques to actually bring the sexual energy up into my brain. So every morning I was practicing, and as I was doing it, my intention was to free myself, like I had freed myself sexually, to free myself of money shame. And then the other piece was really looking at, okay, well, where's the shame around money in my body? And then applying pleasure to it. So applying what I knew about sexual shame and just continuing to, to speak to the shame and let the shame know that that's not me. I'm not a bad person if I'm wealthy. I'm not a bad person if you know I, I aim for success in this realm and rewiring and doing things like I would show up for a financial meeting in my business. So this was me before. Before this, I would literally dissociate from my body. And a lot of people have this sexually where they fly out of their body and they don't remember what happened or they kind of black out during sexuality when there's a lot of shame or there's been some kind of trauma. When I would sit in a meeting with my accountant, I would fly out of my body and not remember what happened. I couldn't even talk about money. I was like an ostrich with my head in the sand without having some kind of trigger or, or trauma response in my body, which is really, really interesting because the shame was so deep and so intense that 
what I learned to do during this 90 day time was to be able to then celebrate. So now I show up at my meeting as part of this challenge. We dressed in like dollar, hundred dollar bills, or I dressed in, um, with lingerie underneath, but a big fur coat over top with pearls, like just feeling into opulence and showing up at my accountant meeting like that. So like that kind of shift of aliveness around money versus dissociation around money. That's incredible. I bet most people are equally want to try this and are equally scared to try it as well. <laughs> yes. It kind of brings up a question because a lot of people are probably having an aha moment right now that their sexual health is related to their financial health, right? An abundance in one is probably related to the abundance in the other. And these are not very often connected. So the first, I guess, offshoot question I have is these are things that we really, really desire as human beings, more money, more abundance, more sex, um, et cetera. Why are they also the most taboo things in our society right now? When did it happen? I think we have a taboo against pleasure in life and in business that suffering is okay. I was just writing about this, you know, I'm, I just feel epic joy right now. And there's a lot of heavy shit going on in the world. And I started wanting to shut down instead of leaning into my joy and my just bliss and gratitude. I started wanting to shut down because I started feeling like, oh, maybe it's not okay because there's other suffering going on. And I don't want anybody to feel bad because I feel so good. I, I, I'm afraid sometimes I have foreboding joy of like, oh, you know, right afterwards there might be a thought that like something bad's right behind it if I actually feel and step into this, this joy. And I think it comes from a ban on pleasure, a ban on pleasure. If we look at the Victorian era, if we look at it's just not okay to feel good in some ways. And I really think that this needs to change. It's change. It's why I made pleasure first, one of our core brand values in our business we stop and we we get resourced because to me, pleasure is a resource. And when I talk about pleasure, I don't mean pleasure as escapism and I don't mean, and, I, and a little escapism is okay. I, and I don't mean pleasure as a pleasure that isn't good for us in the end because there can be biochemical pleasures, like an argument might have a biochemical like pleasure that happens, but it's not necessarily good for you. So I'm looking at pleasure that is good for you, that brings aliveness, that brings joy. And I think that pleasure has been coupled too much with being something that is an escapism or being something that's not good for us. But I will say that orgasm is one of the best things that that we can do. Immune system function increasing, level of connection with your partner. For some of the erotic blueprints, which I may go into a little bit later here if we get on to that topic, For some of the erotic blueprints, when we have pleasure and our sexuality is fed, we actually feel like everything is right in the world and we can kick it in business. We can just do things because it is our source of resource. And that's one of my types, my main types in my eroticism is when that's fed, I feel like everything is right in the world. Wow, this is incredible. So how can we use sexual energy to create more success and income? One is that seeing it as a resource of your aliveness and watching where you have shame. I see a lot of entrepreneurs. I see a lot of high-level leaders, and they often say that this was the one area where they had the most shadow and unconsciousness. You know, we have stuff that goes down with big, powerful people, big, successful people, where it can sometimes be their demise because 
they are looking at, they aren't looking at their sexuality. They're hiding and that can come out in icky, gunky ways and in neuroses. So when we heal this area, when we get into healing, we become whole human beings. Sexuality isn't just this thing that you do. It is fundamentally a part of who we are. And so we can get conscious when we can own, we, we have more resource energy energetically. We have more support, we have more consciousness, we have more aliveness in our bodies and we have more health and wellness. So it all kind of ties together and people don't see how sexuality really ties into, and I don't mean having sex in the, in the definition, the limited definition that we have. I mean an alive sexuality in all of its different faces. So you mentioned the erotic blueprints, um, and you'll probably have to take us through real quick what the five erotic blueprints are. But the question I really have about it is, does one of the erotic blueprints tend to have more of a trend of being successful financially or, or being successful in business? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll run down them really quickly. So the first one is an energetic, and an energetic is someone who's turned on by tease, anticipation, space, and yearning. They love to yearn and long on their shadow side. And each one of them has a positive aspect and superpowers like an energetic is their superpowers. They can have orgasms without even being touched. A energetic who um, is in their shadow is hierarchical, meaning they think that they're better than everyone else because they have superpowers or they're more enlightened. Um, so they can, I used to be this way. I'm like, oh, you watch TV and eat hamburgers. You're not as enlightened as I am. <laughs> Um, so that kind of attitude, or they are so hypersensitive, they literally feel everything. So if you go too quick, too fast into their sphere, even like in business, if you know someone is an energetic and you're all up in their face or you're pressuring them or they don't have a chance to yearn or long for something, they love long term and space at their desk, like spaciousness, no clutter, that, that overwhelm if they have too much happening too loud too much overwhelm of clutter on their desk then that can really shut shut them down it can shut down their aliveness shut down their turn on shut down their success that's totally my wife by the way and i believe we both took a quiz i think she was an energetic okay keep going sorry awesome uh congratulations you have an energetic so that that will be really fun to play with uh, i can tell you more if you're curious um okay so the sensual is the next one and the sensual is turned on by all of their senses being ignited. So that's tastes, the way something smells, a piece of music, touches. They like to, whereas an energetic like space, the sensual likes to collapse space. They want closeness. So if you have someone who's a sensual, you might get them flowers, you know, who works with you or for you. You might get them flowers for their desk. You might want to have things that smell really great in the environment. Environment is re can be very, very important. And there are going to be people who want a hug. They want shoulder massages. Like that, that kind of thing feeds them. On the shadow side, they can be very hypervigilant, meaning that their mind is always running and they need to get in their bodies. So they can get try to solve problems too much in their head and not go to their body, which is where the solution really is for, for many of the blueprints, but for the sensual especially. And the sensual also sometimes doesn't like mess and that can distract them from their pleasure, keep them, you know, they're the ones thinking like, oh my gosh, this is taking so long. I wonder if everything smells okay. Like their mind is going instead of them really being in the pleasure that's happening and the sensation that's happening. 
A sexual is the next one. The sexuals love certainty. They love simplicity. They're turned on by nudity, visuals, erotica. They are joyful in bed. They are pretty easy usually to have turn on and orgasm. In their shadow side, they have very limited definition of sexuality. They're usually the people who say, you know, nothing's wrong. We're all having orgasms because their definition of successful sex is that climax, is that penetration was achieved. These are usually our go-getters. Um, and so in business, I would say th this can be people who are super successful because they, they can have that achievement mentality sometimes. Um, in all the blueprints, I think it equally have success, but this blueprint, what I find here are our biggest, um, achievement types. And they're the ones for whom sexuality is really important because it helps them to relax. And it also is the blueprint that everything feels right in the world. I was talking about mine earlier. I'm, I'm primarily sexual when I'm in a relationship. So I'm energetic when I'm getting to know someone mostly, but I'm primarily sexual in my current relationship with my partner. And that plays out in very interesting ways, which we could talk about if anybody's curious about that. <sighs> so then the next one is the kinky and kinky is turned on by taboo. So taboo can be anything. When I say the word kinky, people often go to like dungeons and whips and chains. That's not necessarily what this means. There's a psychological aspect to kinky. And there is also a, another aspect which is more sensation based. So psychological kinkies love power dynamic. I see this also with very successful entrepreneurs as a dynamic of, I love to be in power at work, but then when I come home, I just want to surrender. Or it's, I just love to be in control in all things in life. And so when I come home and I'm in the bedroom, I really want to dominate my partner. And so that, that power dynamic, I see that in a lot of very successful entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial people. Um, so there's the psychological power play, and then there's the play of sensation and how sensation works on the body. So like my partner, for example, loves the sensation of constriction and feeling those sensations. Some people like intense impact play and playing with the dynamics of restraint. So it can be play here, it can be light, and then there's also the people who play more in a darker energy. Each one of these blueprints has a lighter energy and a darker energy, and dark doesn't mean bad. So I want people to hear that dark energy is a good thing. We all need polarization in our relationships. The opposites attract, as people often hear. The shadow side of the kinky is shame deep, deep shame. So my partner is primarily kinky and he and I were in relationship for six years before I discovered that he was a kinky and this is what I do for a living. So you can, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> I, all day long. So for me to find that out was pretty amazing. And also like, wow, there's always that peeling of layers of shame. Now all the blueprints can experience shame, but this is the one where it really can be a shadow piece of the blueprint and really put the brakes on, on sexual turn on. And then the other thing can be that they, the turn on becomes um, so like becomes an obsession so much that it can become a grave, meaning there's no other way for turn on. This becomes the only route of turn on because it's not talked about or it's not processed. And so there can become this obsessive quality about it in a, in a negative way. And the shadows are only negative if they're negative for you. Like it may not be a shadow if it doesn't 
stop you from really enjoying sex or it doesn't short circuit your connection with your partner. And this is good for singles or people who are in relationship, doesn't matter, all the blueprints play out. And then the final one, if you've been hearing yourself in all of these, you may be a shapeshifter and that's someone who shapeshifts all the time. So they can speak all of the blueprints, they can shapeshift into any of them, the most erotically sophisticated and intelligent of all the blueprints. And they tend to be, I would call them the hedonist in the best way. They want it all, they can take it all. There's never too much. Yet on their shadow side, they've often been told they're too much most of their lives. You're too much, you're too big, you're too loud. You want too much, you demand too much. You ask for too much. And they also on their shadow side can be very much pleasers. So they shapeshift to please the other person. So in the workplace, how the shapeshifter may play out is they're always shapeshifting to please you. They're always becoming the pleaser, but yet they're never asking for their own needs to be met. And so therefore they can build up some resentment in that shadow. Wow. That's fascinating. So an energetic, a sensual, a sexual, a kinky, and a shapeshifter. Yes. I think... Lori is an energetic. I took the quiz. I'm asexual. Is there one of these that tends to be more financially successful or better in business? I think you mentioned the sexual. Yeah, I, I, I think what I see mostly in my, if I'm just looking, I don't have research on this officially, but if I'm just looking at clinically, what I see in my clients, I see a lot of sexuals who have really done a lot of achievement in the, in the areas of business and kinkies. So, but, but yet energetics have a superpower of really amazing intuition. So I think all of them have the opportunity to be successful. It's just what I see in my practice most are the sexuals and the kinkies. It's incredible. And by the way, we are, cause everyone's going to want to take this quiz. Now we are going to post a link to the quiz right away in the show notes. So everybody can find it in the show notes if they go there. All right. So this kind of leads me to then ask, um, what methods do you use to create breakthroughs in people when they identify, you know, here's my sexual blueprint or my erotic blueprint. And here's where I feel like I've got this big gap in my financial life or in my business life. What methods do you use to create these breakthroughs? Mm -hmm. So the first one is just really ownership. And I think that that's a really important thing is to notice where you are and not resist it. And I think this applies to, to anything with, with your financial life. It's okay. Here's who I am right now. Who I am right now is and this is back when I did my 90 days of money and pleasure. I'm an ostrich with my head in the sand and I'm going to lean into what's there. I'm going to look at what's in my body. I always go through the body. So what happens in my body when I go to, let's say, ha if you're having sex or if you're looking at money, what happens in my body when I'm doing this? Oh, I feel tension in my shoulders. I feel uh, a caving in my heart. Like right now I'm going back into the feeling I have my hands in, on my chest in my sternum area and I'm just like caving in and my shoulders are coming forward and down sort of and my head's kind of looking down like kind of depressed in my chest. It's not open, it's collapsing and I'm not breathing. Like I could feel the shortness of breath in that body posture. So if everybody just tries that on right now, just put your hands on your chest. You can even hear my breathing like, like I'm kind of gasping and just kind of press your chest in and kind of collapse your shoulders forward and your head down and just feel like, oh, like really leaning into if that's the feeling or sensation in your body and just allowing yourself to lean in and then, and then looking at like, well, what's the emotion there? Is that shame? Is that fear? Is that sadness? Is that anger? Like, what is the emotion of that? 
And I would go into like, that's a sadness of, uh, for me right now, as I'm just looking at it, it's like sadness of like, oh, why didn't anybody teach me about money? And, you know, why am I this late in life? And I'm just now learning these things like that kind of, it, it, and I have people say the same thing about sex. Like I'm over 40 and I'm just now learning this. I missed out on all those orgasms. You know? <laughs> I missed out on all that, that compounding interest. Um, so so just, you know, feeling that in the body. And then as I lean into it, I notice some heat coming from my body and I notice my breath wanting to deepen. And I'm noticing now my shoulders wanting to come back of like, oh, that area, that fear, that sadness, whatever that, that shame got acknowledged. And usually in the acknowledgement, it starts to move. It starts to shift. So my body posture is now starting to shift. My physiology is starting to shift and change and move. And I want to move. And there's something else there. And so that's part of it is just owning where you're at. Or if you just found out you're a kinky, I know this is really important for the kinky is it's like, okay, this is who I am. No shame. I'm not broken. I'm normal. This is the number one question I get from people around sexuality. Is that normal? I blah, blah, blah. Is that normal? And everybody thinks that the one thing that they're having, and I know you guys are thinking it right now, the one desire that you have or the one thing in your body and your anatomy that you have, and you're going, oh yeah, but no, Jaya, it's not normal. I'm telling you right now, it's normal. <laughs> it's normal. So you're normal. You're not broken. You're just wired. And we don't have sex education, just like we don't have a lot of great money education in our educational system. And so we walk around feeling like we're abnormal, we're weird, we're broken. You're normal, you're not broken, and you are absolutely enough. And I think that that's another core belief is that we're not enough. We've failed in some way sexually. And so I bridge it to success by just these underlying core beliefs of shame, of not feeling like we're enough, and then just really owning and honoring who you are and feeding yourself in that blueprint. And once you get fed, you're resourced and you can go out and rock it in the world. Wow. Just, just the permission you gave people to be okay with themselves and with their desires and the confirmation that they are enough, that one soundbite alone will break people through in every possible area, whether it is their sexual health or their financial health, et cetera. I love it. So I kind of want to take this and go just a different direction quickly because the majority of our listeners are entrepreneurs who desire to be successful. And one of the biggest areas where they have blocks is they feel like people are judging them or judging their business or they're, they're stopped by fear. And I can only imagine when you stood up and said, I want to build a business out of this, that <laughs> there had to be some kind of fear of judgment or some kind of block there or some kind of hesitation. Am I right? Yes. So I deal with this on a daily basis, the courage that it takes to stand up on stages in front of 1,500, 2,000, you know, anywhere from 20 to 2,000 people. I've had one audience that was as big as 5,000 and talk about this topic or get on podcasts like this or on a daily basis, be putting myself out there in a really big way. And yeah, there are haters and yeah, there are judges and yeah, there are shamers. And what propels me forward every day is my mission and it's getting out of myself and getting into the people who need help in this area. It is stepping into the contribution that I am making in the world as an entrepreneur and the mission that I have. And it doesn't mean that you have to have like some, it's, it's, 
why for all of you. It's that, it's that thing. It doesn't have to be this huge, like, I'm going to save the planet kind of thing. It could be something simple that you touch one life and that one life then touches millions of other lives. We just don't know the effect and, and how profound our work can be. So I want you to find your why. And I think that that is, that is the thing that, that propels me forward is every day I have my why and my mission, which is to free people sexually that women can walk in this world radiant and alive and feel safe to do so, feeling safe in themselves, but also that we've created a culture of safety around this topic. And that men are not emasculated for who they are, and they also have freedom in their sexuality, and that we can live in this world together. And, and I do this for all genders, but really, essentially, it's freedom of expression and feeling safe in the world to be sexual beings that we are. And that's my why. And that's what drives me because I want to end rape culture in our world. I want to end the suffering, the disconnection in relationships, the divorce rates being so high, the lack of pleasure in our bodies, the pain that we experience and the suffering because it's unnecessary. And because I see that and that allows me to go out and have the courage to step in every day and to look at the judgment and then I look at my own self-judgment and it's like okay that's the next step yeah there's all the external judgment but there's the what where does that belief come from that that self-judgment that comes in what are the thoughts what are the beliefs and I just keep going back to the body what's the sensation behind it what's the truth what does my body really have to say and I name these different pieces of myself so I name the part of me that's scared every day and has the courage anyway to step out. And I name that champion inside of myself that just knows no matter what I do, that purpose, that vision of contribution to others is the thing that continually drives me forward. Wow. Incredible. If you find your why, it kind of gives you the strength to move forward that again, mm -hmm. your sign, your sound bites are, are priceless. You brought <laughs> up a couple things in there that gave me two quick little offshoot questions. The first one is you mentioned men and women. Who do you think suffers the most with, uh, poor sexual health or, you know, not really living into their sexuality? Is it men or is it women? I think it's just different for each gender. So I think that women struggle with pain oftentimes during sex, during intercourse, um, because there's so much focus on intercourse and not on the other blueprints, which are turned on differently. So we struggle with pain. We struggle with not speaking up. So we build up resentment in our bodies because we don't know how to have really great boundaries um, and because of the culture that we live in. So, and then there's trauma. So there's just a lot of trauma. And I would say that's true for both men and women that we have a lot of trauma around our sexuality. And then men, mostly what they're looking at is prostate health. We're looking at health around ejaculation control, erectile function. Those are the number two that I see for men. The other quick offshoot, I guess, let more of a statement than a question. It just dawned on me that the two biggest things I'm guessing that are responsible for divorce are financial stress and then a poor sexual, you know, chemistry or relationship. So combining these two subject matters like this is, is priceless. Yes. So I agree hundred percent. It's what most of my couples are grappling with and people don't realize you know, they go out seeking financial success or money, especially entrepreneurs. I see this. I ask, I ask in all of my rooms when I'm speaking to entrepreneurs, how many of you have read a hundred books on business? And a lot of them will raise their hands and okay. Then I go down to 50, you know, like everybody in the room has, I got their hand up by 50. When I go to sex, I say, how many of you have read a hundred books on sexuality? Not one 
has their hand raised. I, and no matter how many groups I've been in, when I get down to 50, I might get one or two. So it's this, we oftentimes will look at studying a lot of business, but we forget about the relationship piece and the sexuality piece and how important that is to tying into the whole picture. Mm, I'm totally guilty of that. I am an avid reader. And had you asked me that question, you know, Arm would have been up for a hundred business books and I wouldn't have been able to list one book about sex that I've read. Do you have one that you recommend for everyone to start with? Oh goodness. I have a book called Red Hot Touch I'd recommend that is on erotic touch skills. And again, I would go back to, it depends on your blueprint, really what to look at. You know, if you want to learn more about energetic sex because you have an energetic partner or if you're kinky and you want to learn more about kink, I have four different books. So I look at, I don't have one, unfortunately, on the blueprints. We do have our online course on that. So that would be a recommendation there. Um, and then some of my other favorite staples, Mastering Alive Relationships by Frank Natalie. That's one of my favorites. And then around sexuality, I really, Emily Nagoski has a, a good book that has some really good frameworks in it. It's Come As You Are. A lot of people are talking about that. That one's mostly for female pleasure. Uh, Ian Kerner, She Comes First. Esther Perel. Oh my goodness. Meaning, I love Esther. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Esther. Esther. Um, and I know she has a new book out on affairs. And then there's a book if you that I really like if you are looking for uncoupling your relationship, you know, you know you're not in the right relationship, which can really affect your finances as well, called Conscious Uncoupling by Catherine Woodward Thomas that I, I really love. But really it depends on what you're working on. You know, what are you looking for? What are you working on? Is it health? Is it so there, there's just so many books, just like in business, I'm sure it's like, what business book would you want to read? It's like, well, where do you want to go? Are you starting a business? Are you uh, looking to grow your business? There would be all kinds of different recommendations there. That's funny. I feel the same way when people ask me that question. So I apologize for asking. <laughs> okay. So um, you just kind of stick with the entrepreneur thing, because I really want to ask about your online course in a minute, but there's one more question I want to get out of the way before we shift away from the entrepreneur piece. And that is, do you ever feel like people took you less serious as an entrepreneur because of your subject matter? Yes, every day. It still happens. And I'd say also because of my gender. So gender and subject matter, those two things can sometimes play a role in, in it. Um, and I fought really hard. You know, look, look, I've been at this for 20 years. And I will tell you, just being super honest, there are, were really rough, rough times where I just wanted to quit where I really, really, really wanted to quit. I remember being at a Brendan Burchard workshop and he had an exercise around the why, similar to what I was speaking about. And I remember just, I was bawling. Like I couldn't even talk to my group because we had to share our why. And I remember just sobbing, like I couldn't even get it out. They didn't understand a word I said, but they were like, that was great. Um, and, and I remember thinking, it's not that I really want to quit. It's that I'm so afraid of my mission because it's so big and I fear people will never take me seriously. And I've had people literally say, I won't take you seriously. I've had publicists say, you'll never be on television because of your subject matter. You'll never get on, t on mainstream TV. And I, and then I just get this thing underneath me this fire underneath me of like, I have to prove everyone wrong. And so I've been on daytime television talking about major sexual topics. You know, I've been on 
many, many shows talking about this. I have gone places they said I would never go. I've been on stages around the world speaking for people that I think now I'm starting to really move that ball of getting credibility because I've been able to, to not take no for an answer and not believe anybody when they say that I can't. I just go, well, I must then. So five years from now, being that you're pushing through the resistance and you're having these breakthroughs, how do you measure that your business truly is a success? I measure it on a number of things. One is the first and foremost for me is impact. What is the impact that I'm having? It used to be just on people. Now I say the world. Um, because I feel like we've grown enough now that we are on a world mission and it feels like that impact, how many lives are we touching? How many people do we have in our programs? How many people are our coaches? Now we have a whole bunch of coaches, how many people's lives are our coaches. And that's one of the things that has touched me so much. This is a new program we just launched this year and to have to hear them. I, as part of their assessment, I listened to them giving sessions with clients and to hear them working with a client and using the blueprints or using some of the frameworks that I've created was like, oh my goodness, I don't have to do it. That was one of the realizations in that moment at Brendan Burchard's workshop where I was like, I don't have to do this all by myself. I can train other people to be on this mission with me. I can get other educators. Like that's what started to, to really shift things for me. And so, so feeling that in the next five years, that measure of impact that we are making and, and that iceberg is just now starting to be tipped or that ball is just now starting to roll down the hill. That's number one. The other thing that I think measures success is sustainability in the business. I used to run my business that however much money I made would be how much I spent. I invested it all back into the business. And now we're starting to be able to shift that so that I could actually be resourced in my own personal life as well and learning wealth building. So. It also is about how much is left over at the end of the day, not just about breaking even every year so that we could either put that into growing or we can put that into wealth building, which then allows the business to actually be more mission driven instead of relying on my business for income because I can create other sources of income that then it's not about my business being that road and that can become more, even more mission driven. So those are my two big measures. Wow. I love it. So everybody wants the type of success that you've had and that you're on your way to and who better to learn than from, from you. And I'm a big believer that you can't just leave people hanging. Like you have to provide them a solution, right? Or we're not really doing our part. So you've got an online course that can totally help people have these type of breakthroughs. Why would it be beneficial for people that are looking to drive up their success in their finances and in their business and let's just say in their life overall? Sure. So what we have discovered, many of our clients have these little offshoots. They come in because they want to make their sex life or their relationship better, which of course, as I've been talking about, affects their entire life. But they, they often will report these little side things like, my business really grew. My business really took off when I understood this. Oh my goodness, in the workplace, I could understand the people who were working with us and for us on our team because I realized this person was an energetic or I realized this person was a shapeshifter and how I then could interplay. So it's the dynamics. It's kind of like Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or the DISC profile that you can start relating to people in a different way, which then makes team and culture more successful, incorporating pleasure into business more successful like we do. It just makes a, a culture and an environment that is radically different from what is, is out there. 
And so there's these offshoots of more success in business, more financial success, ending shame around money and shame around living a joyful, ecstatic, abundant life. And then also we have people who just get healthier. So there's the average person in our programs actually loses like 10 to 15 pounds. And I think it's because they become more satisfied and they're owning what pleasures them. So they're not seeking pleasures like overeating, things like that. That makes total sense. My wife and I were on a walk last night and we actually had this conversation we kind of had this epiphany. Well, I mean, we already knew it, but sometimes you remind yourself. And that is when you're really working hard in your purpose, you're also staying as fit as you possibly can because you kind of, you don't crave the pleasure from eating things that you shouldn't eat. You don't crave the pleasure from uh, making those bad food choices because you are just full speed ahead in your purpose, you know? Absolutely. 100%. And I think the other thing that just comes is healing. You know, we, we don't recognize how much we can easily, we can get triggered and get into like reaction. And, and this was a, I would say my business is my place of per, biggest personal growth because I had done so much healing around relationship. I'm kind of the opposite of other people where I'd done so much healing in my relationship, the triggers weren't there, but in my, with my team, I was so reactive, you know, somebody would miss a deadline and I would freak out on them and not respond well. And it was because I was so easily triggered. And the more healing I did on little traumas or belief systems or things from the past that were, were sabotaging my success the, and shifting my own consciousness around you know, little beliefs I had, like I have to do it all myself, which was something my mom taught me, which was, I'm very grateful for because she taught me how to be very independent, how to be very successful by training me. You don't need anybody else. You can rely always on yourself. But then when I got a team, that became an issue because <laughs> I could do it faster, better. You know, that's the belief. And so this, this idea, and I think it's fundamental in our course of healing those little things and then seeing, okay, well, this shows up in sexuality, but it also shows up in my business. Where's every place when, where that little shadow piece, that little piece that says, I'm scared, I'm going to get kicked out of the tribe, I'm going to lose love if I if I hold that person accountable or if I actually speak up what my needs are. All of that growth, no matter what category you're doing in, spreads across everything in your life. You've done a remarkable job of tying together the same underlying factors that affect our sex life also affect our financial life and our business life. And I can't say thank you enough for, you know, helping everybody have that realization. Where can they find or what is the best way for them to get to the course that you have to offer? First step is to take the quiz that will tell you where, what your blueprint is. It actually gives you a map, entire map. So it'll tell you like you're this percentage sexual, this percentage kinky, this percentage energetic. It'll give you a rundown of the whole percentages. It's brand new. We just launched it. So take the quiz and then after you take the quiz, you'll actually get a video about your type and then just more information, some demonstrations. And we only open up the course two times a year. So right now we have it open. This is October of 2017 and it is an eight week online course starting in November. You'll go through it with us. There's an opportunity to work with me, all kinds of fun stuff in, in there. Incredible. Where else can we find you? Do you have any upcoming events? We do. We have an event at the end of October. We usually do about four events a year. We have our intro event in October. We have over, I think it's almost sold out. We have over 200 people coming to that event. Um, and then we have smaller retreats, more high end retreats. We work with a lot of entrepreneurs because this is 
a big piece. I love entrepreneurs and me being my, an entrepreneur myself. Usually they come to our retreats or more upper level events and coaching. Wow. Incredible. All right. So a couple of really fun uh, questions I ask everybody and then I'll, I'll let you go here. What is one of your all-time favorite moments of giving now that you've been a successful individual? Mm, I did a basket brigade with Tony Robbins. This was a while ago where we were in Mexico and we delivered food to people who lived literally in like these little concrete dirt floor abodes. We had to take security with us because the whole place was really gang ridden. And I remember this moment of seeing um, a little cars sticker, the cartoon cars. And I had a young son at the age who was really into cars. And I was, my heart just cracked open at like, here's, here are these kids who are like my son who don't have anything and to give them toys and weeks of food. And I speak a little Spanish. So it was just really lovely to connect and have that opportunity to to give in that, in that way. And I actually have another one. <laughs> can I do it? Yeah, can I do please. It? <laughs> the more giving, the better. Um, we do, we do a lot of work with women who I, I actually lived in a shelter for domestic abuse when I was a young girl. And we do a fundraiser for that organization who helped save my family when I lived in a shelter and so sexual and domestic abuse. And so we actually were able last year to raise a significant amount of money for them. And they said, you know, all our funding had gotten cut and this is going to keep us going to help helping women in that environment. So that was a really big one too. That's incredible. Thank you for giving back the way that you do. I feel like it, it's our responsibility as we become really successful to make sure we're giving back as much as we're, we're taking. So I love that. A very last question for you. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success and or wealth? Mm, it lifts up the entire planet. Just like being unapologetic about your sexual desires and turn-ons, it opens up a conversation and it allows for other people to be lifted up into it to just as much success when they see what is possible. Ah, incredible. I love it. Jaya, I can't thank you enough for your expertise, for some of the breakthroughs that you've given me and, and obviously the listeners. And we're going to make sure that we post a link to that quiz because I want everyone to take this quiz um, <laughs> on the show notes when this thing comes out right away. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just, just know how grateful I am that you were on. It's my great pleasure. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.